Hi, this is Matt Shackman, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. It is time once again for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 320 of the weekly show. That keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we have a director and actor who is joining us, Matt Shackman, who was uh, a long time ago on a TV show when he was very, very young called Just the Ten of Us. Remember that one? And now he's a big director. He does uh, all kinds of TV shows like Revenge, Fargo, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and, and so many others. It just goes on and on. And he has his first big motion picture coming out. It's called Cut Bank. It stars John Malkovich, Liam Hemsworth, Billy Bob Thornton. Great cast. So, uh, He's going to talk about that, and it's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. But first, we've got to get right into what's coming your way in theaters in July as far as remakes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. All right. What will be coming your way as far as remakes in theaters in July? Well, to tell you the truth, not very much, but there is one. Hercules is being remade, and uh, it's coming your way on July 25th. It's going to get the overhaul once again. It's just They did, just did one a short while ago, but they're, they're doing it in with Dwayne Johnson as the powerful hero. And that's it for July. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way in theaters in July as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies coming your way in theaters in July. Well, it looks like on July 2nd, the horror film Deliver Us from Evil will land in theaters. Looks scary. And the comedy Tammy. Now, this isn't a remake of the old Tammy movie. This is Melissa McCarthy. It's going to be hitting theaters on July 2nd. And Sex Tape with Cameron Diaz and Jason Segel will land in theaters on July 25th. And that's it for upcoming new movies Coming your way in theaters in July. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Sequel City coming your way in July. Sequel City, movies coming our way in July in theaters. As far as sequels, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes returns on July 11th. July 18th, Planes, Fire and Rescue brings back Dane Cook as a plane from Disney and The Purge, Anarchy. Takes us away on July 18th. And finally, Step Up All In arrives on July 25th. That is it for sequels coming your way in theaters in July. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD in July? TV on DVD coming your way in July. July 1st, Helix, the complete first season. And The Twilight Zone, Essential Episodes, the 55th Anniversary Collection. July 8th, you can look for The Big Valley, Season 3, and The Soul Man, Season 1. July 15th, Cedar Cove, Season 1. Hell on Wheels, Season 3, and How the West Was Won, Season 2. 
July 22nd, Hercules, The Legend Continues, Season 5. Shogun, is it going to be coming your way on Blu-ray? And Xena, Warrior Princess, Season 5. Hits stores. And on July 29th, it looks like Twin Peaks, The Entire Mystery, will be coming your way. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD in July? Movies coming your way on DVD in July. Well, on July 8th, Bad Words with Jason Bateman, Nymphomaniac, Volume 1 and Volume 2 with Shia LaBeouf, and The Raid 2. July 15th, The Face of Love with Annette Bening, and Rio 2 with Anne Hathaway will be coming your way. Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, The Angriest Man in Brooklyn with Robin Williams. July 22nd, look for Cesar Chavez with Michael Penna. And Dom Henningway with Jude Law. Heaven is for Real with Greg Kinnear. Sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you can look for Transcendent with Johnny Depp and Tyler Perry's The Single Moms Club. July 29th, Noah with Russell Crowe and The Other Woman with Cameron Diaz. That is it for movies coming your way on DVD in July. Next on On Screen and Beyond... We have Matt Shackman coming your way. He's a director. He's got a new film coming out, his first full feature movie. He's, of course, a very big TV director. He's done Revenge and Fargo and Always Sunny in Philadelphia and a whole lot more. But his new movie coming out in theaters is called Cut Bank. And it stars Billy Bob Thornton, John Malkovich, Liam Hemsworth, and some more great casts in that film. So be sure to check that out. Matt Shackman. Coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining me on this episode of On Screen and Beyond is a director who we all have seen his work on TV shows such as Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Revenge, Fargo, Mad Men, House MD, and so many others. He also was a child actor where he played Graham J.R. Lubbock Jr. on Just the Ten of Us. He has a new film coming out called Cut Bank with Liam Hemsworth, John Malkovich, Billy Bob Thornton, and Bruce Dern. It's Matt Shackman. Matt, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Glad to be here. Matt, this film, Cut Bank, sounds like an exciting film. You have an incredible cast in this. Yes, very lucky. Uh, It's a wonderful ensemble. It took a couple of years to put them together, and I I couldn't be more thrilled. So how did you get involved with the film? I think it was meant to be. uh, It was sent to me on on the same day by three different people by an agent who also represented the the writer, uh, by a manager who also represented the writer. These are my agent, my manager, and uh, a mutual friend of ours who uh, is a producer on the film named Dan Cohen, who I had worked with on a project at another company that didn't actually end up getting done a few years back. And so it arrived from Dan, from from my agent, and from my manager on the same day, and it seemed like it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. Now, directing a film like this, compared to directing TV. Now, you've done so much TV and, and some such great shows. Uh, is it a big difference between the two? It definitely is. It's a lot faster than directing television, believe it or not. Really? Independent film, because you're, 
you're making everything up as you go along. You're working in practical locations because the budgets just aren't there to build sets, and your crew is going to be smaller, and, and, and they aren't going to be practiced working together the way that a television crew becomes a finely oiled machine. So, and you're creating these this world and these characters from scratch with every scene that you do. So it, it, it's a lot to do in, in the amount of time that you've got. I thought, wow, this is going to be luxurious compared to what I do on television. <laughs> but it, in fact, it is not that at all. Um, so you have to – I'm very happy that I had those, those, uh, all the experience that I've had in, in television beforehand, the, the being on set you know, all day, every day, year in and year out, really uh, is an incredible resource. Um, I realize I've probably – been on set more over the last 10 years than, than many big film directors because it takes several years between each project. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that for that practice. Yeah. So this is actually your first feature film directing? It is, yeah. yeah. It, it, now, is that just by choice in the past? You've just never, never gone that direction? No, I definitely have been working um, on developing projects, but the kind of movies that that I want to make are difficult to get made. They're unusual, unique, like Cut Bank. Uh, they're not the kind of movie that, that studios are, 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 are anxious to make right now in the world of you know, superhero films. Right. <laughs> uh, and so they're difficult. They require the, just the right constellation of actors and, and writer and producers to, in order to make them happen. So I've had a few heartbreaking ones come very close to being made in the past, and, and luckily Cut Bank made it across the, uh, both the starting line and the finishing line, so I'm thrilled. Yeah, so you say this is an independent film, but the, the cast in here is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it is an independent film, uh, and luckily the material spoke to these wonderful actors. They uh, were willing to work for a fraction of their usual rate uh, to come up and be a part of creating this world. If they hadn't, it never would have been able to happen, especially given that it's an ensemble. Mm, uh, right. All of these, all of these actors and their usual, their usual price tags would would not be possible for us. So they were, they 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 became big partners in making the film happen. Now, how much does the director have to do with getting the cast and and the like for an independent film like this? A huge part. Um, I I. You know, made these offers to the actors, wrote them letters, reached out to them, had meetings with them, uh, did whatever I could to convince them to, to come on board by showing them uh, visual presentations about what the film would look and feel like and having conversations about the script. And, uh, and you, you slowly you know, build this, this group. And, and thanks to John Malkovich, who was the first actor to sign on and, and be a part of the film, because... If he hadn't joined on, I don't think the movie ever would have happened. His 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 presence alone, I think, helped bring other actors on board, to, either because they wanted to work with John, he's such a phenomenal actor, mm. but also just because their interest interest was piqued because he had been attached and he was interested. And then they gave the script to read, and and that helped them become interested and invested in in making the film happen. Right. Yeah. Is that something that normally happens that you you try to get a key actor to get attached to a film? Definitely, yeah. It's important, you know, you 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 build that ensemble, especially in a, in a film like this where there is no clear lead. You have to build this world, and uh, it, it is uh, helpful to have actors of of you know John's or Billy Bob's or Bruce Dern's reputation come on board a, a project like this. It, it it does give it a big stamp. Uh, of approval, which which does help it happen. Mm. And Bruce, of course, he's just coming off of the Academy Awards and everything, and uh, 
Uh, Bruce has actually been a guest on the show here at On Screen and Beyond. Oh, he's the greatest storyteller I have ever met. Oh, yeah. He's such a funny guy. <laughs> he remembers everything so clearly. I can barely remember what I ate this morning, and yet he can <laughs> remember every person I think he's ever met. He's such a charming guy. Yeah, you sound like me. <laughs> I hate to go through a, a fast food place because you know, it's like, what did you want? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yep. But uh, he, he, we, yes, very excited about having Bruce Stern on after uh, after Nebraska. Mm. Uh, but I've been a huge fan of his forever. You know, King of Martin Gardens and Coming Home, all the way through his recent work on Big Love. He's just a, he's a great actor. He's capable of doing anything, and I think he's he's just he was a perfect addition to the cut bank world and he knew the area very well he and malkovich had spent time in cut bank before bruce had almost made a movie there uh back in the 70s so he had a, a strong connection to the town which was which was strange since it's a very very tiny town in montana oh so so that is a real town uh, oh yeah yeah cut bank montana yeah it's a real town it's northern uh montana almost near the border of canada um just east of glacier national park um, small town of, uh, I think, about 3,000 people. And uh, Malkovich had actually been, uh, during his time, uh, in, during his college years, in the summers, he worked as a volunteer fireman in Glacier National Park and I think would pass through Cup Bank or even stay there. Hmm. And that was his summer job for one or two years, I think. And uh, so he had a really strong connection to the town, and, and Bruce had almost made this film back there in the 70s, uh, just outside of Cup Bank. So small town in montana had a had a had a had a big pull wow huh have you ever worked with any of these other these other actors you know john or or bruce or, or billy bob oliver platt and i worked together on a show called huff which was uh, on showtime with hank azaria and Blythe danner that was many years ago uh, but other than than oliver i hadn't had a chance to work with with anybody in the film so uh, it was it was a bunch of new fabulous actors who I had admired for many years from afar and I was given a chance to admire them up close which was which was a real privilege yeah and like you said uh, with all the superhero movies that's all they're making now it seems like and uh, you know a, a movie with any substance uh, is is a rarity that you see in the you know the summer theaters and, and everything you know you have to really look for these movies that have any amount of thought to them that's true. That is very true. They sh they show up on VOD now, uh, you know, or in a small number of theaters. Harder to find them, especially as there's there's so much out there. But uh, it's a fight worth fighting because a good independent film is important. Oh yeah. Now, are you going to hit the uh, festival market with this, or hope it gets picked well, up? Well, we just something? premiered at the LA Film Festival, and then uh, I'm not sure. We are definitely looking into the the chance that we might take it to uh, some festivals over the summer and in the early fall. Can you give us a little idea of what the plot of the film is? I mean, I, I, I actually read it, of course, but, uh, you know, our listeners, they don't know what it's about. Absolutely. It's it's called Cut Bank. It's set in Cut Bank, Montana, small town in Montana. It's about a young guy who is uh, who wants to get out of town, wants to uh, escape from this place that feels frozen in time. And uh, so he comes up with a, a very bad plan about how to make a quick buck, and everything seems to go wrong. So it's about this this simpler, sort of more innocent place uh, having uh, their world turned upside down, and everything changes. Yeah. Now, when a, when a film like this is made, uh, you get the script. Do you make changes 
as far as the writing as you go along? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, the, you know, the script. Uh, Roberto wrote a brilliant screenplay that was that was listed on the blacklist, which is an annual list of the best screenplays in Hollywood, and it's voted on by all the producers and, and development executives around town. And his script made it on there, and it was you know well received by by the community here in Hollywood. And then I became attached after that, and we worked on it for several years. And it's, the script definitely changed uh, as we went. Um, and, uh, and then it changed again while we shot. Um, actors had questions. Uh, it's just like when I develop plays in the theater. You know, things are always evolving. You, you, you question things, motivations. You, you, um, you discover things as you go along, and you always want to be open to those discoveries um, because then uh, there's, a, there's a spontaneity to that, that that enriches the storytelling. And so it changed throughout that. And then it also changes in editing as well as we move things around and change the structure and made cuts. Um, all of that affects it as well. So it's sort of an ever-evolving process. The screenplay uh, as transition into film is, uh, is definitely a sort of writing process uh, that's separate from the initial writing process. Hmm. How involved are you in the actual editing of the film? Completely, from beginning to end. Um, you know, from our, you know, our, our editor uh, worked along uh, while we were shooting, assembling uh, scenes, and then as soon as I wrapped, I, I went in there and worked with the editor to to put together the initial cut, and then we would start to 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 work on it as a piece, as opposed to just individual scenes. Once we felt that the individual scenes were working, and then we started showing it to select friends to sort of get an initial response about what was working and what wasn't and what was clear. And in a movie like this, which is a, 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 a combination of genres of thriller, of drama, of black comedy, it's, it's a fine line to balance all of those genres and to keep them alive and to keep the movie feeling grounded and moving forward. So that was, it was a fine-tuning process as we went. In the digital age, isn't it great that you can have such immediate you know, looking at the, the what you've done that day, as opposed to I'm sure back in back in the day when they they used to have to you know edit it with cutting it and everything, the film and everything. That this is this must be great. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because the movie is a bit of a throwback to a '70s crime thriller. Uh, I wanted to shoot it on film. So oh, really? We, we shot this movie on film. I, I I don't know if I'll ever be able to to do that again. It was a it was a total pleasure, uh, but it, it meant that we had to ship our film from from Edmonton in Canada, where we were shooting, all the way to L.A., where it was going to be processed. So we wouldn't get these dailies back for sometimes up to a week. We wouldn't see what we had shot. So it felt more like when I was first starting to work in television and we were shooting on film back then, you, there was a, a little bit of magic and a little bit of surprise when you actually saw what was on film. Hmm. Uh, and, and then, of course, it becomes a digital process after that. You're absolutely right. It gets scanned, and, and you're, you're working uh, inside a, an editing machine where everything is, is flexible and it's all digital. But to have shot it originally on film uh, felt right for the story, felt right for this modern Western set in Montana. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, how long a shoot was it? We shot for about 30 days. And then there was considerable prep time before that, getting ready, picking locations. We went up there in the in the dead of winter, so I had no idea if there was actually going to be a field under there or a, or a dirt lot, you know. And so we had to had to make some guesses, and, and it all worked out in the end. But we were choosing locations, you know, while we shot the film, uh, uh, just trying to to get everything set. Even uh, even as we were shooting, we still didn't have everything set. Very interesting. 
Now, you actually started out as an actor. Were you thinking of becoming a director back then when you were on uh, the, just the ten of us? I, I, I did eventually um, as I got older. I started when I was three and a half, four years old. So I was just uh, you know hoping to remember my lines and hit my mark. <laughs> but as I got to be a little bit older and and I started to become very curious about what everybody's job was and how it worked. And I got to be friends with the people who were who were the camera operators and the DPs and the directors, and I would ask them lots of questions. And and so yeah, I was definitely there, and I, I value so much having been an actor because it it gives me an understanding of the process. Even though every actor is slightly different, I, I completely empathize with um, how they're getting to to uh, to where they need to go, and to try to help them as much as I can, understanding that process. And so you know, having many years of hitting marks is is valuable hmm. uh, on the other side of the camera too. You miss acting at all? Not so much, no. I, you know, I think the thing that I didn't like about acting is the thing that I love about directing, is that I started to get more and more in my head as an actor, especially in theater as I was performing in plays, and I, just that perfectionist in me that was shutting down my ability to be free and spontaneous on stage is actually the skill that I use as a director to organize things and to make things work, and then the precision that I'm looking for that you can't have and you don't want to have as an actor. You want to be alive and fully in a scene. Um, and not be thinking about it structurally or dramatically or you know dramaturgically, you just you just want to be in it. And so I I moved to the other side, um, started looking at the stage instead of being on it, and and it was the right fit. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, do you have any other projects that you can talk about uh, in the works, either on TV or on? Well, um, you. Know, yeah, I mean, tonight we're talking, uh, uh, the, I directed the finale of Fargo, the miniseries, which is concluding tonight, so I'm very excited about that, and uh, I suppose by the time this goes to air, uh, that will have already happened, But uh, and I'm also at work on season 10 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is uh, been most of my adult life working on, on It's Always Sunny, and uh, so we are now, I think this after this year will be the longest-running basic, basic cable comedy in history. So that is a, an achievement I'm very proud of. Wow. And, uh, and then we'll see in the film world what, what will be next. Um, definitely trying to, uh, to find some things to, to push up the hill, a couple of projects that I, that I love that I hope come together. Yeah, well, I hope Cutbank will jettison you into to more films uh, uh, for us to see. <laughs> Great. I hope so, too. Thank you. Yeah. i got two final questions for you, if you've got a second. Sure. Of course. Taking us away from your directing and everything else you've done, uh, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past and favorite movies now and of the past? Well, my favorite movie of all time is The Third Man, I have to admit, the, uh, you know, Carol Reed, Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton uh, film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But I'm also a huge fan of, of Polanski and Fincher and the Coen Brothers so I could put on rotation any number of those movies, and I love westerns too. So uh, you could include John Ford and Howard Hawks in that group. Wow, yeah. So any number of those uh, directors' work would be great on a desert island, as long as there was a good Blu-ray player. <laughs> and uh, and in terms of television right now, um, I I love uh, Breaking Bad. Of course, now I'm very sad that it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm with everybody else watching every week to see what's going to happen in the Seven Kingdoms, uh, and uh, you know I've, I'm really proud to be a part of Fargo. I think that's been a, a really great uh, miniseries this year, True Detective. I mean, we're in a golden age of television. There's so much 
being done, uh, these limited s- series, I, I think it's a, a great way to tell a story. Um, mm-hmm. Two hours is a short time to compress uh, wonderful characters and, and long, involved narratives, but if you can do it over six, seven hours, ten hours, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, Matt, I want to wish you luck with the Cut Bank, and I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I want to thank Matt Shackman so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. He's actually quite a young guy because when he was on the TV show, Just the Ten of Us, he was just a little kid. And now here he is. He's He's been a director on TV for years, and he's done some uh, great shows. And now here he is starting out with a new movie, Cut Bank. If you get a chance, check it out. John Malkovich and Billy Bob Thornton, Liam Hemsworth. Great film. Be sure to check that one out. And uh, let's see what else we have going on here next week. We will have another great guest coming your way. And uh, I, uh, nah, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I know I always do that, but but let me. I, I will tell you this: we have one of the monsters coming your way in a couple of weeks. So I hope you're going to be sticking around for that. And uh, that's all I'm going to tell you for now. But. If you have a suggestion, send it to me at feedback at onscreentobeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person on here for you. And uh, several times we, uh, you know, not several times, many times we have guests who have been suggested. And uh, it helps me to find these people because, um, you know, I don't think of them all. And uh, we're just trying to find great guests for you. And if you make suggestions, that would help us out a lot. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you are on iTunes, please leave us a review. And uh, I guess that's about it. It's been a busy week here, and uh, I appreciate you listening, taking the time, and uh, those that you uh, email me. And don't forget, you can catch me on KES Radio. It's 1450 a.m. with uh, the crew over there that uh, on Real to Real. They have a show, and they have me as a guest on there each week on Saturdays. And uh, let's see, what's it, 8, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning, 8, 12, I'm on somewhere around there, and we talk about the movies and everything. So uh, if you get a chance and you're in that area, check us out. If you're not, uh, you can even get that online, too, by going to KES AM 1450 uh, and, you know, just Google it. You'll find it. <laughs> you can stream it. Listen to us as we talk about some films and everything. And... Uh, That's it, I guess. It's a wrap for this week. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 